Hi, my name is Emily Brown, and I'm the founder of Food Equality Initiative. We often think that special diets are really just impacting a handful of people, but the reality is, is that many people are living with food allergies. You may be while you eat, but healthy has a different definition for everybody. From Food Equality Initiative, I'm Sophia Gillespie, and welcome to the Free From Podcast. On today's episode, we'll introduce our audience to a woman who pioneered and championed our vision. Let's meet Food Equality Initiative's founder, Emily Brown. Emily has experienced her own personal journey in regards to food allergies. When her two children were diagnosed with severe food allergies, she had to make major life modifications to accommodate. Emily enrolled into federal aid programs to support her family before she decided to take matters into her own hands. Welcome, Emily, and thank you for being a guest on the Free From podcast. Thank you for having me. Can you give us a little background on what prompted you to start Food Equality Initiative? I always tell people it was kind of like the perfect storm. It really grew out of my family's personal experience with food insecurity and food allergies. So I have two daughters, and when my oldest daughter was one, she was diagnosed with multiple food allergies following a severe reaction to peanuts. And, you know, like many families who were initially diagnosed with food allergies, it was quite overwhelming. You know, we had to change our diet, and this really had a significant impact on our quality of life. But nothing really prepared us for the financial impact of food allergies on our family. Allergy-friendly foods cost two to four times that of foods that contain common allergens. You know, it was really expensive, and we found it very difficult to manage this new diet for our family. I was planning to go back to work as a preschool teacher, but my preschool didn't want to accept my daughter who had all of these allergies. And, you know, I wasn't the advocate that I am today. And so we lost that income. We found ourselves needing help like many Americans do during tough economic times. And so we enrolled in WIC and I enrolled in SNAP. I'm really grateful for those services. You know, they provide a significant portion of food assistance in our country. But the reality was was that I couldn't find the foods that we needed to keep my daughter safe and healthy. Then I went to a food pantry and then realized pretty quickly, the foods aren't there either. After waiting in line for several hours and only two potatoes and a jar of salsa being available, I realized, you know, we can't be the only family managing this. You know, this is a healthcare need that's driving, you know, the need for this expensive food that I couldn't afford and couldn't access. So that's why I started Food Equality Initiative because I knew we weren't alone. Wow. Falling into that gap between healthcare and philanthropy, that's a real failure of multiple systems. But I know that so many individuals and families are so glad that you did something about it in starting Food Equality Initiative, myself included. But there are still like a lot of misconceptions about food allergies. What are some things you've encountered that people generally misunderstand? One of the biggest misunderstandings is just how common it is. My kids are now school age. And they are certainly not the only ones in their classroom that have a food allergy. Oftentimes when I give a presentation or I travel for work, one of the things I like to ask the room is, you know, raise your hand if you or someone you love or someone you work with, someone you know, has a food allergy. And almost always, everybody can raise their hand, which shows me that, you know, this impacts so many more people than we initially think. We often think that special diets, you know, are really 
just impacting a handful of people. But the reality is, is that many people are living with food allergies and are dealing with the many challenges of, of how the disease impacts their quality of life and, you know, social settings uh, in school, you know, it just has a pervasive impact. And I'd say that's really kind of the second misunderstanding is that oftentimes people think, oh, what happens when your child eats this? Do they just get itchy? This is not really serious. They think it's very minor. And while some reactions can be minor, we also know that they can also be life-threatening. You're so right. The severity of food allergies have such a range that it's sometimes hard to convey what exactly it is that you need, which can be a very serious problem. And you were mentioning earlier about how many people are affected by food allergies. Have you seen that population grow in the time you've been in this field? Yeah, I mean, we joined the food allergy community in, you know, December of 2012. Initially, I felt very alone. But the more that I get out and I speak to people, I realize just how many people are connected to food allergies. It's clear that it's it's really significant. And, it, and, it, and in many ways, it's an emerging public health crisis, right? Like so many children are being impacted by this condition and not just children, just even the amount of adult onset allergy has increased. And so we know that this is not just impacting our schools, it's impacting our workplaces and it's impacting how we travel. I mean, I, I follow several advocates in the community, community on Twitter and online and, you know, they're advocating for safe travel through the airlines and, you know, representation in conferences and meetings. And so, you know, for me, these things show up every day in my life. And it's a reminder that we're not alone, that many people are, are living with this condition. And that even if you yourself are not living with it, chances are you're interacting with somebody who's impacted. Absolutely. And that is such an important thing to keep in mind in our everyday interactions. Food allergies and other diet-treated diseases are somewhat silent in the sense that you don't always like know that someone has a condition until they, you know, like have a reaction or... Um, tell you about it beforehand, hopefully. So, and I know there's also a stereotype within food allergies and especially celiac disease that it's just a rich white American problem, but actually it affects people of color and people from lower incomes at a higher rate. So what are some of the most important things that FEI has done to help reach a more equitable state of health? One of the things that we're working to do at, at Food Equality Initiative as really to bring the community together to highlight and empower voices that typically have not been heard and really represent and demonstrate the many different faces and voices in the food allergy community, that diversity that's there, really in an effort to bring us all together for systemic change. I'm really proud that we've raised awareness that there are even disparities in food allergy. Eight years ago, nobody was really talking about, you know, access to safe food and the management of food allergy and acknowledging that that is a key role and component of food avoidance. And so I'm really proud that that is now something um, not only that we're talking about in the patient advocacy space, but that in the clinical setting and in the academic setting, we're having conversations around what it takes for patients to meet that standard of care and what the role of access to food is in that discussion. That very important work of health equity with the goal of improving health for everyone. So I'm just really proud of that. Yeah, and you should be. So continuing along the line of health equity, I'm thinking of the name, you know, Food Quality Initiative. 
doesn't have anything to do with food allergies, you know, inherently in the title. So can you talk about why you named it the way that you did and how it relates to your work with health equity? When we named the organization in the beginning, you know, I was really struggling on WIC, on SNAP, couldn't get the foods that we needed. And I knew that this was an unmet medical need. Like my insurance would pay for my clinical visit, but what I needed to keep my child safe on a day-to-day basis was access to the right foods. And I didn't have access to it. And it was a real struggle. That framing of food equality, it was just like everyone needs to have access to to the things they need to thrive. Food is foundational. Having good nutrition is the building blocks of good health. And so this idea that individuals, families, patients couldn't meet their health goals simply because they didn't have access to food was just, to me, unjust and not equitable at all. And so that's why we named it Food Equality Initiative. This is going to be a big question, so take it as you will. But if you could make a major change to the food system, what would be first on your list? Oh boy, that's going to be really difficult for me to answer. I've been studying the food system for the last eight years, and it is vastly complex, and there is no one answer. Like, it's everything from land use uh, and agricultural practices to what happens when it gets to the manufacturing plant, labeling, distribution channels, finally, how prices are set at the grocery store. But if I had to start somewhere, I would say there's a need to center voices of the consumer or the, the end user in the system. Hopefully the system would acknowledge that it has never been just and that we would work to build a better food system, really leveraging the voices of all, all people in our communities in a more equitable way. It's clear now more than ever that our food system is broken in many ways. All one individual has to do is go to the store and see empty shelves and see the breakdown in our supply chain and recognize that we have problems. I know that there are many amazing, well-educated thought leaders that are working in this space to make changes to the food system. Everything from regenerative agriculture and making our soil healthier so that our food is, is rich and full of nutrients to policies that guide labeling and what gets served on the plates at our school cafeterias. I mean, so... Our food system is is vast. It is so, so vast. And thank you for expanding upon just how complex and intricate the system is. It's so important for us all to acknowledge, you know, the different elements of how a certain food got on our plate. You know, like where it came from, who grew it, who harvested it. Are they getting fairly compensated? Is it full of the right nutrients? Yeah. And if I could add one more thing onto that, in the context of the food allergy community, I know that we spend a lot of time on the label. And don't get me wrong, I understand why so many of our conversations and much of our advocacy work focuses on the label because we have to know what is in our food. But food policy is so much greater than the label. What ends up on the label begins at the farm. And so I would love to see a legacy from the food allergy community really spill into the food system's work. There's a lot of factors that make good food, and it's not just about having a good label. The entire way that we keep ourselves healthy and safe is by having 
access to the right food. And so we should care about food policy beyond the label. We should care about how healthy the soil is. We should care about land use and who has the right to grow food and where. Absolutely. Food is our medicine. So it really is in all our best interest to be involved in its production. And I know we're running low on time, but I wanted to ask you one final question. So as a new parent or perhaps someone who um, was recently diagnosed with a diet-treated illness, what is one piece of advice you would give them? My first piece of advice to anyone who has a new diagnosis, whether it's food allergy or any other condition where you're going to have to make some changes, is to take a deep breath and just recognize that you've got this. You know, It can be very overwhelming in the beginning, and there's so many things to learn and discover, and I believe in time you will. What I've learned is that you know we eventually find our new normal. This journey is not easy, but you've got it. You can do it. And there will be others who can come along and support you. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Emily, for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and hear your insight. You've got so many good ideas up there in that brain of yours. So thank you for sharing them with us and for all the work you've done for the food allergy community and beyond. All the work you do is amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Take care. Produced by Aria Bins and sponsored by Food Equality Initiative. I'm Sophia Gillespie, and this has been the Free From Podcast. Thank you for listening.